0: Yeah. You know, um it's raining, it's pouring, and the masters wasn't that boring. Actually though kinda the last like few holes were, but overall, pretty entertaining Sunday. Welcome everybody. It is episode twenty-four, believe it or not. Can you so, uh, believe we, that? We've taken a bit of a break <laughs> here. I get not a break, just less episodes mm-hmm. every week. Mm-hmm. No more episodes every week.
1: Yeah, springtime is a bit um Not as busy as the NFL season, but at the same time, there's so many sports to talk about. So much going on um, over this past week uh, that makes springtime very exciting. And by the way, quick side note here, happy Easter to everyone listening out there. We are recording this on Easter evening, April 9th. But like Hardu just said, it is pouring outside, it's raining, it's your typical Washington weather. So we have decided once again to podcast um, in the comfort of his guest room <laughs> very nice introduction very nice introduction
0: <laughs> all right let's just jump right into it here uh masters john ram coming out on top he's the uh, first two-time major winner since sevi so i guess he's the second two-time major winner is a better way of phrasing that since sevi mm-hmm. the famous spanish golfer um, who who won U.S. Open as well as the Masters in the nineteen eighties? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so big time for Spain. Two Spanish golfers, like I said, uh on a dominant tear. Twenty eight years old, John Rahm, puts on the green jacket, and with the exception of the match play, which happened what, two weeks ago now, um, he's been really on top of it this season. Um, he, did, he did, yes. This is his second first place finish on the tour this year. So. He's gonna. He's. He looks like he's primed for a really big season, really, really big season. Um, I don't know if it's a bigger storyline of of John Rahm really completing the round and playing four solid rounds of golf after four putting the first hole of, of the of the seventy two. <laughs> That's right. right. Um, people thought like, oh, his struggles are going to continue from a pretty poor performance at match play, and I'm pretty sure he didn't play in the Valera Open either. Um mm-hmm. so yeah he was kind of a wild card this weekend was he going to maintain his dominant play from the the, the previous five five weeks of the season or was it going to be a little bit more <laughs> really similar to the match
1: play and we saw John Round did great he can did kick great. it into overdrive dude i mean entering the last round um he was down was it two or three strokes to brooks Kepka, because um, I, I think Kepka was entering the day at 11 under. John was uh, at 8 under. I think it was
0: four strokes away, I thought, was the differential.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I thought
0: so, yeah, because he, he started four strokes behind. He four putted the first hole, and then he ended up winning by four strokes. Oh, yes. yeah, Yes. Okay. I, I think that's a direct quote from uh, the Masters cast live call itself. Right. I will say, so. Who am I to, to rate and judge golf commentary? But sometimes it's good to just not say anything if you're the commentator. Very and sure. just let the shot develop. Let let the fan just kind of feel the experience as if he's there himself watching him play. Sometimes I felt the commentary was a bit
1: forced for the moment. Now, was this on Masters.com or CBS?
0: Masters.com.
1: Yes, agreed, agreed. Yeah, because when Jim Nance speaks on CBS and I believe Nick Faldo, Faldo is his right hand man. Those those two guys form the ultimate pairing. Yeah, Jim Nance
0: has a great voice for for golf, especially. Yeah,
1: yeah, he does. But I I don't know, man. It's
0: it, it's a tough one because what do you really want to know about the golfer that you that you can already see on the, on, the, on the screen? Or hear them talking about with their caddy. Like, I'd much rather hear them talk with their caddy, which, which they did a great job, mm-hmm. by the way, of like micing up the golfers and the caddies. Yes. Because it was fun to listen to their banter and their exchanges back and forth, mm-hmm. talking about what kind of shot they were going to make. And, you know, as a caddy myself, you know, it, it kind of helps me develop a, a little bit more a way to, to talk to them and stay positive, you know?
1: Yes, very true. Because so much of that game is psychological and just being their friend as the caddy can can help them more than you might think, you know? Just aside from golf itself, so I have a fun story here about John Rom. Um, he was a four-time All-American at Arizona State. My good friend from high school played against John. My friend Tyler uh, played for the UW Huskies his freshman year. I believe John was a sophomore or a freshman in in college. Um, either way, he was just starting out his campaign. They they both were at their respective schools, and so Tyler. His first introduced to the collegiate game by watching John Rahm on the opening hole of their tournament, and Tyler is thinking to himself, "If every golfer in college is this good, is as good as, as John Rahm, I'm I'm fucked." <laughs> just like watching him swing, he said it was like a 320 yard drive. Uh, the first swing he ever sees John do live um, as a collegiate player, just absolutely bonkers.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was an amateur, but they're saying for like 50 months. I, so, I so think like so. Almost, almost five years he was an amateur for, or I said just, just over four, four years. years. And um, he didn't go right to Europe either. No. At, 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 after he turned pro, he basically went right into the tour. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at, at 28, you know, like I said, super bright future if he keeps this run up. No doubt. Dude. I mean, two majors now for him. Mm-hmm. And he's definitely hitting a stride in his career. Yeah, he is. I'll be excited to see what else he can do with the rest of the majors coming up this year. Mm-hmm. Great start to the season for him. None coming doubt. up to the Masters, big time. But um, I think it's a bigger storyline, honestly, with, with Brooks kind of choking through the lead. Um, the first thing I thought about was, well, he only plays fifty-four holes. Yeah, because <laughs> that's what the Live Tour is. So right. the Live Tournament, yeah, he won.
1: <laughs> Good for him. Yeah, very true. Um, very true. After no, the, the it, third day.
0: I think it proved that he's back in his good form, uh, at least temporarily. You know, he looks in shape. He looks healthy. I mean, he had surgery on both knees. So, he's moving well. He's swinging the club well. I don't think the moment got to him. I think it was just one of those days he couldn't find the fairway.
1: Very true, you know, sure, dude. He he was erratic driving that that golf ball. Um, I was... Reading a story going into the Masters, uh, that that Brooks dislocated his knee, slipping at home, and then trying to to put the actual patella back in alignment. He <laughs> he somehow managed to um, sprain either his LCL or MCL. I forget which which way he was trying to turn it back in. It's
0: probably his LCL.
1: I would imagine so. Yeah,
0: I bet usually right. it's like it's like a medial or a, a lateral dislocation. Right, right. So you just put
1: like medial pressure on it Mm -hmm. and then try to extend the leg yeah but the the poor guy just (laughs) made his knees so much worse so i was i was glad to see him playing um free of injuries and i know um especially after watching that that full swing episode he is fighting so many personal demons just like trying to be his best possible self all of the time and that's impossible. I mean it's, it's really just hard to do. you know trying to set that high of a standard for yourself can definitely come as a detriment too. So it was just fun to see Brooks, you know, obviously f- through through the first 3 rounds playing absolutely exceptional and then today he sh- he shot the worst um he sh- he shot the worst 4th round um of of the top 10 guys. Well, yeah, well he, he shot 10, over. he
0: shot 73. Yeah. He was one well, over um on the third round. Right. Cuz even yeah. though he birdied the, the first hole, he had, I think he played he played 30 holes of golf today so I think he mm-hmm. only got through what yeah like the first like 8 holes. Right, right so. exactly. So yeah, shot 73 in the third round which frankly I mean who knows how it would have held up yesterday. Yeah. It's impossible to tell but I mean one can assume that since he was playing well, at least he, I don't know if he would have shot a 3 over or right. uh, I'm sorry, 1 over and then fought, followed by what, 5 over. He shot 76. 73 76. Um, 4 over. Yeah. Yes. Correct. So
1: tough day for him yeah also Super tough day a tough tournament for tiger woods i mean at at first there was so much promise he he made the cut he was going into moving day on saturday and then he he has to withdraw due to an injury i mean it was just sad to it see just that. looks sad that's the yeah. best
0: to describe it. like the clip he's just limping around right i really hope it's only plantar fasciitis like and he's not lying to us about what the injury was yeah because acutely plantar fasciitis is awful like it sucks mm-hmm. Like I, I've had it, um, like relatively mild. Okay. But but right when you wake up, it's the worst because you know your foot is basically plantar flex the whole time. Right. When you're sleeping. Right. So so, so one of the um, uh, interventions they'll do for it is just like give you a little shoe that kind of keeps your foot in dorsiflexion. Sure. So, so it's in know. a more relaxed state than being stretched out because like, when you first wake up, your foot just like oof, it's just mega sore. Mm. Yeah, and and like I can only imagine what that feels like if it's like super super bad at the point where you can't even walk on it. Yeah, that sounds awful.
1: Yeah, it does. But do the the good
0: news about that, that though, like long term, is it's definitely recoverable. Mm-hmm. So, do I think, do I think Tiger's gonna be back? back? Absolutely. Do I think he should hang it up? No, not yet. Just because I don't know what he's gonna do without golf, man. Like t- golf is all Tiger's known.
1: Golf is Tiger's life. Very true, dude. Very true. At the same time, he, isn't he a billionaire? I mean his his net net worth is.
0: Quite a bit. Even you know? with all that money, it doesn't give you things to do, you know? True. Yeah, it's worth $1.1 $1. $1. $1 billion, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's absolutely wild. He's like, well, I guess I'll just keep building golf courses then, you know? <laughs> right, right, and keep on branding his... His clothing, because he's he's
0: helping out Mike Trout build a golf course. Oh, he is down in
1: New Jersey. No way. By his
0: his hometown, yeah. Huh? Because Mike Trout, I don't know if he's from Voorhees, but he's from the Voorhees area, which basically south southwest Jersey. Okay. Pretty close to Philadelphia. That's awesome. Um, yeah, and pretty sure he's building a course. I'm really hoping it stays a public or it is a public course. It should open up, I think, 2024. So yeah, next year. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So whenever I go home, I to Trying to go back down, trying to get on. For sure, dude. It's probably going to be swamped. Mm-hmm. Like, completely full, completely booked up. Who <laughs> wouldn't, 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 wouldn't want to go to a Mike Chow golf course? Like, right. I'll try it out for sure. The this was brand new. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. That's also been produced by Tiger Woods.
0: Yeah. Wow, dude. Yeah, but uh, so okay. back back to the Masters, though. Other live golfers have some great success. Um, Phil Mickelson, in particular, mm-hmm. um, he played a great Sunday. shot a 65. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he was just draining Seven putts. Seven under. That's wild. Draining putts, mm-hmm. like left and right. Yeah, mm-hmm. he, he looked in terrific form. He did. You know? it, he it's, did. Just, it's just too bad. It was just like too little, too late. Yeah. And then, gotta give a shout out to the amateur Sam Bennett, who finished under. I think he finished three under. Um, good for him. I think it ties the best finish by an amateur
1: and, at the Masters. Um, he was. He was also the only amateur to make the cut. May make the cut. Yeah, I saw that as well. Good for yeah, him. That is absolutely awesome. Only
0: yeah. top twelve get the uh automatic invite back though. So he unless he got
1: top twelve. Where'd he finish? So he, he shot two under uh yeah. to tie for sixteenth. Yeah, so he's not getting invited back automatically. That's and correct bad. me if, if I'm wrong, but um if an amateur makes the cut, do they not get paid? Or do they still make make money?
0: I don't know how that works. I have no idea anymore. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm assuming it's, he's making some kind of money. I, I would hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it just means that it's not a professional, but they can still get paid. I see. I think so. Okay. Um. It says as an amateur, Bennett does not receive any prize money. What? Yeah. That's wild, dude. You just get the experience. You dude. just it's do. Like, bro, I got. I got. I got sixteenth. Yep. You just play it for the experience. Uh CBS Sports. That's by a couple hundred k. Money. Like, ch- Check oh, how easily, much money? Sixteenth place got. Uh, just like, yeah. 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 Master's payout? Yeah, because the purse, the overall purse was eighteen million. Um, that seems low. I thought it'd be like twenty-three or twenty-four. Right, dude. For the players, um, I think it's I think it's into into the thirties. Is it fifty million or or, or maybe it's more? <clears throat> I know the FedEx Cup. If you win the whole thing, it's
0: it's a fat chunk of change. I want to say it's like. I Think that one might be fifty million dollars.
1: Wow! If you win the FedEx Cup. Wow. Okay. Oh. So so the winner walks away with 3.2. Second place was a tie between um, Kepka and... Mickelson. Mickelson. So they yep. both walk away with 1.6. Um, and then, let's see, fourth place would be uh, Jordan Spieth, Patrick Reed, and Russell Henley. They all get to walk away with just under $800,000. Not bad. Not bad at all, dude. Not bad at all. And then, yes, there's an asterisk next to Sam... Bennett's name uh, receives no money. Okay. What would he have gotten paid? He would have gotten paid (laughs) $324,000. Damn, dude. That is brutal. Oh, missing out on some money. Oh, my gosh. I'd be pissed. Wow, dude. Wow. That's absolutely wild. Hey, he made a name for himself, though. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay, so Keith Mitchell, who came in dead last at the Masters, 53rd. He's still walking away with a touch over forty five thousand dollars. Okay, Not so they basically paid for the trip. Yeah, for sure. For paid, sure. Pay your caddy. Yeah, yeah, because what caddies make ten, fifteen percent of what the golfer makes.
0: Yeah. I mean that 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 should be like the minimum pay. It should 10%, be. It yeah.
1: should be. Let's see.
0: <clears throat> I'm gonna say, yeah, Rom's guy probably got a cool half mil dollar.
1: Oh, for sure.
0: Five hundred K probably. Maybe even a million. He's like, "Yeah, take take a cool mill, bro." I mean, they're there with you every fucking shot. Yeah, they
1: are Ooh. of
0: the entire thing. It's a lot of golf. It's Aha. a lot of walking and a lot okay. of waiting.
1: According to insider.com here, caddies make. I wonder if they have a set rate. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Obviously, you know, if you, if you make more money, you get paid more. But yeah, so uh, caddies for PGA golfers make a base rate of. 1500 to 3000 per tournament. So that's just their their base regardless of if their golfer actually makes the cut. Okay. So it's 10% for a win, 7% for a top 10, and a 5% for everything else. That's that's kind of how it comes down to on top of their base pay for a standard tournament there. So it's the 10 7 5 cut out there.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. Damn.
1: Yeah, so that means 3.2 million would equate to 320 thousand. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a nice payday for a weekend. Not bad at all, dude. Not bad at Poor all. Or Sam, Sam Bennett. Bennett. He should have caddied instead, <laughs> Sam. <laughs> he should have, but his caddy. So okay, yeah. So if Sam receives no money, his his caddy will still make the base rate, but he he won't get so,
0: someone's probably gonna. A I bet you. That.
1: I bet you PGA might pay for his caddy then. I would hope so. I would hope so. Because basically, like, you're you're just
0: going to charge the the amateur. Or maybe the amateur pays his caddy separately. It's probably, you know what, it's probably not even controlled by the PGA. I bet you Bennett's going to pay his caddy if he wants to pay his caddy. He's got some kind of deal or something like that. Very true. He's like, bro, you've been with a caddy my whole life, all right? I
1: promise you, if I make it pro, I'll take care of you. All right? (laughs) So, uh, let's see. Sam Bennett, all I really know about him is he went to Texas A&M – And I believe he won the golf version of of the Masters. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) That makes no sense. The Golf version. He won the collegiate version of of the Masters. Okay. This this past year. Um so that brought him an invite as an amateur to the Masters here. It was kind of like a a play in tournament there. Um let's see. Sam Bennett, I think he's twenty three. Um He's a skinny dude. Like when you look at him, he looks like an an amateur. He he just has has no meat on those bones. <laughs> he looks like a young man. For sure. Very young. For sure. Yeah. I mean he's, is he still in college now then? Um, I don't believe so. If he's if he's twenty three, I, I I wouldn't think so, but let's see. It might be a grad student too. He's twenty six. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm. looking at uh, the age of Sam Bennett, um, who is the center for the Florida Panthers in the NHL. Oh, my <laughs> God. <dude. laughs> Too many Sam Bennett's, dude. There's also... Um, it's a pretty, pretty lucky name then, I guess. Yeah, right? very true. Okay, yes. He is 23. 23. 23. Damn. Yeah, dude. Now, what would be interesting is um, if he is a collegiate player, do you think he would get paid by the... Nil if he strikes a deal with them. I mean, yeah, I mean he can figure that this. out himself how much he wants. Yeah, for sure. It's a wild, it's a wild, wild west out there. You it know? is, dude. Take what you deserve. Yes, Basically. sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's fun. Well, another year, another Masters, fantastic tournament, and it never gets old. I get psyched every April t- to watch it. So. I've been watching the Masters consistently now since probably 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. I think and you first... don't play golf either, which is pretty No, surprising. I don't. I don't. But it's the one tournament of, of the year that I pay t- attention to. I live for the Masters those four days in in April. I think uh, the first Masters I watched was when B- Bubba bub- 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 Watson won in 14. Uh, with Bubba him. Watson. Yes. The lefty. Yes. Yeah, Self-taught he, you, golf. He was on fire. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was just yeah, crushing was. the ball
0: off the tee. Mm-hmm. I remember that one too. Yep definitely watching that. Yes sir. That was before the pink shaft though, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. That. That's he wasn't right. sponsored by Ping yet.
1: Yeah. Not yet. <laughs> he he's a live guy. Yeah, did, yeah. Did he play in this year's Is Masters? He? Yes. Yes, he he did. Uh he actually did quite well in the par 3 contest. Um but he failed to make the cut at at the Masters.
0: Yeah, rough day for Bubba eh? Rough day for
1: Bubba dude. He well, shot we, a 9 over oh. over the uh, the Thursday Friday there. Yeah. Nine over on one That's day. That's tough, man. dude. That's really oh, tough. Oh, no, in the first two days. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. But he he has won the Masters twice. Those have been his his two majors in 2012 and 2014. Yeah. Not bad, dude. And
0: then uh, another another live guy that finished close to top, Patrick Reed.
1: Yes. Yeah. Finished Patrick Reed did quite well, right. Seven under. hmm So, yeah, man, just mm-hmm. going to
0: show these, these live guys, they ain't washed up. No. <laughs> Very true.
1: Very true. But, yeah, two big live names. Actually, three. No, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Two big live names uh, that did not make the cut. Obviously, Bubba, but also Dustin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Before we transition off of golf, though, too, um, the official World Golf
0: rankings are officially bullshit. You know? Let's see what they are. Well, basically, it has guys like Brooks at 118th in the world, and I think everyone can pretty
1: much agree that
0: I don't think there are 117 guys that are better than Brooks Kepka at golf right now.
1: Yeah, that that is very true. I think it's
0: a very big bullshit rating.
1: Also they have Rory McIlroy third um and he didn't make the cut either at the Masters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cameron Smith is fifth. He finished I think five over for the yep. Masters. I mean still made the cut, but
0: Cameron Smith also hasn't um like been accruing points. So he's just been dropping. Right. Cuz for a little bit he I mean, he was on, the, on the, was he ranked number 1? I don't think so. I think he was at like 2 or 3 before that though. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So
1: and you're right. He didn't play that that great this weekend. Right, and then number eight is Will Zalatoris, who um had to withdraw from yep, the Masters on on Thursday. Yeah, injury, right? That's tough. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Interesting, dude. But shout out though to number nine here, Victor Hovland. It was fun to see him. You know, through the first two days, absolute wizard mm-hmm. on the greens. But of course, on on the very last day, he he choked a bit. I I think he's he, he still finished. Tied for seventh or fifth? I think tied for fifth. He finished, fifth. Okay. Finished six under. Let's see. Tied for seventh. Seventh. Yep. Yeah. Uh, tied with Cameron Young.
0: But yeah. The OWGR like, ain't, ain't no way. Cap's Cap goes 118th. No, dude. I know they got Mickelson like outside of the top 500 or something like that. <laughs> Some crazy. That's
1: wild. That's at the top. Just look it up. Look it up real quick. Like no Phil way. Mickelson, O W G R.
0: Yeah. Okay. Before before he pivoted off a of golf here.
1: Yeah, the world rankings. These go all the way down to. So it's the top 100. Oh no, I'm sorry. Results per page. Let's just let's just be bonkers here. Let's just go top 200. See if his name is even on the list. No, no I, I think, think, they, they think they they dropped top. him off. Phil is currently 72. 72 in mm-hmm. OWGR? Yep. Huh. I guess the guy got, got bopped off the top 50 is is what it was. Maybe. Okay, sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, dude.
0: Who were some guys in front of him? Just like list off a couple of random ones.
1: Right. Thing. Okay. Nick Taylor, Davis Riley, Adam Hadwin, JJ Spawn, Scott Stallings. 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 Yeah. He, uh, shoot. I want to say he had a good par three contest, but didn't do so well at the Masters. He made the cut, but, um, I think he finished two over. Scott Starling. Let's see if I'm right. Justin
0: Justin Rose finished like 300 today. Yeah, he did.
1: Oh, Scott uh, actually finished even. Okay. That's right. Good for him, dude. Not a bad Bad day's work. work. Not a bad day's work at all, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Very good.
0: I would love to be that good at golf, man. I think that's the one sport if I could just pick to go pro right now. Yeah, golf,
1: absolutely. Dude, especially if you look at guys like Gary Player and Fred Couples who can do it well until their 50s. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Gary. Dude, Gary Player is 87. That's old. <laughs> and he was playing at the Par 3 contest. Yeah. That's awesome, dude. Just swinging a him, man. <laughs> He's like, I've oh, been doing this my whole life. Yes. I'll do it do till I die. This. Long live South Africa. He's, He's going to die on the golf course, probably. Yeah, yeah, he is, dude. He that's, is. That's crazy. Eighty? I, I do not know that. I didn't know he was that old. I mean, looking at him, my, my dad was like, you know what? I, I bet Gary is like in his early 70s, but... Lo and behold, he's 87, dude. Man. That's wild. All that sunshine. All that sunshine. <laughs> Staying young forever, dude. that's crazy man. That's crazy. So, uh, the NHL playoffs is starting here, and um, how many games left do they have in the regular season?
0: Uh, most people have, like, two or three. Okay. Um, but, yeah, they, they start officially in nine days, April 18th. Fine. Um, there's still a little bit of, of shuffle that can happen. I mean, we can pull up the standings right now. Like technically, the Devils can still win the Eastern. Uh, sorry, can still win the Metropolitan. They have two games there. You go to go. Um, Carolina I think has, has one game in hand. Yeah, they do have one game in hand. They have three games to go. So it's Carolina controls their own destiny. Um But let's look. It's looking like the Devils will play the Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. And then the Bruins will play the Islanders. The Leafs got the Lightning. Canes taking on the Panthers, and then as I stated earlier. Devils going going to be taking on the Rangers, which, which a Devils fan, I think that's actually the preferred matchup. Um, I wouldn't want to bump into the Islanders or the Panthers right now, just because the Islanders have a phenomenal goalie, um, in Gustafson. And, uh, yeah, I would not want to play a hot goalie. And then, Western side, a little bit more parity can happen, especially in the West. So, Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota are all separated by Grand 12, two points. Colorado, and Dallas, a tie at 102. Damn, Minnesota has 100. Uh, Colorado does have a game in hand though, so meaning that they, they have one extra left to play. So again, they, they kind of control their own destiny. Where if they win out um, the last uh, four games to go, then they're all, they're going to clinch the West. Um, they probably won't be the one seed. Uh, it's basically solidified with Vegas. Edmonton does have a chance, but they're two points down with two games to go. Mm-hmm. So basically, Vegas has to lose both their games, um, not accrue a single point, and Edmonton has to win both of theirs. Right. Um, so right. We'll, 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 we'll find, find out. out. Uh, Seattle, Seattle, though, shout out to the Kraken. They're they're making the playoffs for the first time in their in their history. Second year in
1: too. That's right. They turned it around pretty quickly. That's right. Absolutely amazing. So, um, since they are the top wild card, then it looks like they would face the Colorado Avalanche.
0: Yeah, they they placed the uh, two overall seed, I believe. Yes, that's correct.
1: Gotcha. gotcha. Abs. Gotcha. Kraken. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Right on. Now for that game in particular, is that. A best of three, or is that just a single elimination game? No,
0: it's a. I think, I think they're all seven now. Seven. They're all best of seven. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. In fact, that, if, that makes if, if this is the matchup, uh, wow, might have to take her to a game or
1: something. Yes, you know? I, I like that. I, I like might, that. Might have to do that.
0: Yeah, yeah. We might have to say screw you to the whale watching. <laughs> I'd rather spend my money taking you to a
1: playoff game, dude. Yes, playoff hockey. Wow, That's the best. That'd be fun. That'd probably really probably cool. a lot of half-fans would go too. Mm-hmm. So I should look into that. Yeah, yeah, you right. should. I'll take note for that for later. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there you
0: go. There you go. <laughs> anyway, um, back back to the hockey playoffs. Um, yeah, man. If we're looking at our best players going into the playoffs, it's probably going to be Conor McDavid still. And even the second-best player in the league, potentially, is Leon Draisaitl, and they're both on the same damn team. But Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah well, so... They they both have over 100 points each. Uh, Connor McDavid, sixth player all time to surpass 150 points this season. I mean, he's tied names like Mario Lemieux, Steve Eiserman, and then the other four beyond my generation anyway. So the, those are the only two that I, I know. Um, yeah, he's having a historic season, and Connor McDavid. Um, he's the best player in hockey right now, hands down.
1: He was uh, the first overall draft pick, right? Yeah, um, when, when he was drafted, I want to say that was like in the mid 12. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like in 12 or 13. I can look it up right now
0: just because I'm curious. Yeah. Where's our roster,
1: baby? The good old Oilers. They're from Edmonton, right? The Edmonton Oilers, yes, sir. Okay. I wonder where Edmonton is in Canada. It's like center. Is it? Okay. Yeah, I think it's right in the middle. I'm sure you're right. Oh, it's in Alberta. Edmonton. All right, and then squeezing out from the maps here. Yes, you're right, dude. Central Canada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Let's see.
0: He's drafted in 2015, yeah. First round, first pick, first overall. Wow. I'll say it's paid off.
1: Yeah, no doubt. So he's 6'1". How much does he weigh? Uh, What is he listed at? Scroll up uh 193
0: gotcha he's he's a load dude 26 years old too yeah wow he's
1: only 26 mhm
0: <laughs> the man's a stud damn dude straight canadian blood in that man yes no doubt no doubt wow I, i'm going to be watching this playoffs man um i guess the the other big storyline going into it is the bruins the, they they already clinched the president's cup trophy uh meaning the team with the most points right let's scroll back so I can give you the idea of the differential. I think they have a hundred thirty. No, one hundred twenty-seven right now. Let me scroll on up. I was a guess. One thirty-one. Okay, two games ago, One thirty-one. The record's one thirty-two, right? I think. I think we checked that. It was the Canadians. So yeah, they they can break the record, one more win. It's an it's honestly an insane tear and a crazy pace. You lose twelve games all year long.
1: No doubt no doubt yo let's see most points by a team in an NHL season it was the canadians 132, 132. in 1976 yeah. okay yeah, so they they just need one more point to tie two points to win
0: so if they win one more game let's see who they play next two games to go they play on tuesday the 11th against washington at home oh yeah they might they might just do it bro
1: how are the capitals doing the
0: Capitals are out of the playoffs. Oh, they are. Yeah. Okay. For, for sure, sure. For sure. Okay. There's there's no way they're getting in.
1: Oh, they're like I said, seventh in the wild card right now. <laughs>
0: Pittsburgh has a chance, but they're 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 the only ones. I see. I see. I see. Islanders, ninety one points, tied with the Florida Panthers. Pittsburgh, ninety points. Buffalo's basically out of it too. They're eighty five. Mm-hmm. They're, they're eliminated. I got gotcha. you. Even with four uh, two extra games in hand.
1: Gee. Maybe mathematically, they're not. I mean, just, like, if they, but yeah. But it's it's gonna take a miracle.
0: Four, eight, ninety-three. Yeah, I mean, if they win out, they could finish with ninety-three points,
1: which could technically, like, if they both lose the
0: rest of their games, you sure. Like I said, Buffalo has an off chance. a very, 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 very low chance of backdooring their way into this, which would be kind of crazy. Fact, that would be wild. I will totally keep an eye on that though, with four games to go for the yeah. Buffalo Sabers. Yeah, yeah. I think they're playing tonight actually. I don't- now, I want to check. No, 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 no. They played Saturday and they won it on Saturday uh-huh. in Carolina. Okay. Carry that streak, And then they played the, play the Rangers and, Rangers. Rangers. and then they played the Devils. May Devils will play spoiler for them. Dude, that is, that is crazy. That Imagine if wild. they backed their way in. Okay. That'd be nuts. That'd be nuts. <laughs> and then just we little bit the same thing. We can wrap up the West. But yeah, the West has a little, little parody as well. Winnipeg and Calgary, Nashville, all fighting for the last, last wild card spot. I got you. Basically, which team is going
1: to go play uh, Las Vegas? Right. Right. The Knights. Wow, dude. And now their first year as an expansion team, they, they won the Stanley Cup, right? No, they did not win the Stanley Cup. Oh. They were one
0: game away from winning the Stanley Cup. Basically, one period away from winning the Stanley Cup. I see. They, they lost won. in Game 7. Oh. Yeah. First year as a team. To who? Uh, The Capitals. Gotcha. I believe that was that was their year. Okay. Oh, wow, dude.
1: No, no, I I want to confirm that because the yeah. the Las Vegas Knights' first season was um was it like twenty seventeen? I thought it was twenty uh, eighteen. I want to say oh. one year after that's, that's maybe
0: also, yeah. it, or, or maybe even later, maybe in like twenty nineteen.
1: Sorry, I just like blanked out. Yeah, it was the, the Capitals. Capitals. Yep. Yep, in the 2017-18 season. A good call, man. So we were both right. Good call. Hell yeah. Yeah, that, that was the Veskin's Cup. cup. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. did it for him. That did it for him. Is that the Caps' only cup um, during Veskin's reign there? Correct. Okay, Correct. gotcha. Gotcha. So so I'm, I'm I mean, stoked for the playoffs
0: though, man. Like, God, I would yeah, definitely I'm watching, I'm watching the
1: Devils games. Yes. So. Yes. Very all right. fun, dude. Let's, Let's
0: push, push, through. push through. We, we got, got baseball. Baseball, got baseball
1: has started. It certainly has, dude. It certainly has. There was a team that started seven and zero. The Rays. The Rays, yes. The Rays are, are actually eight and zero. Eight and now, Okay. They have a run differential already of plus fifty,
0: which Boom. puts them in rare territory. Um, we're talking oh. like uh, what was it, ninety nine Mariners territory? Because they they started what, also eight and zero. Right. And then there's like a, a couple of Yankees teams that are are being matched by them as well. Wow. So they're okay. off to a, a torrid pace right now. Yeah, they are. Torrid Pays. Yeah, they are. For a team that doesn't really spend money on them. However, there have been reports of an actual fan base starting to be created in Tampa Bay, with you know fans our age actually getting behind the team. And, hey, we've been pretty damn good the past decade, give or take. Yeah. Like, yeah, we've had years of being on in the cellar, but you know the the entire AL East kind of fluctuates. I mean, even the Yankees finish in third sometimes. Very true. I mean, it's been more frequent than than it should be with their
1: payroll, but. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, dude. And it's been fun to watch the the Mariners. Well, I, sh- I shouldn't say fun, but because uh, they are four and six right now. <laughs> but I mean, that's that's also in the AL West, where everything is still very much up for grabs. I realize it's very early in the season, but I mean, the Rangers are in first place, tied with the Angels at five and four. There's still quite a bit left to do there, obviously. Um, but I'm just happy that baseball's back, dude. I I drafted. My fantasy team one hour before opening day first pitch, and so that was fun to kind of get in the the, the baseball vibes, get the adrenaline rushing a bit there uh, from from just completing the draft. So it, it'll be fun here to see how my team does. I'm I'm in a random public league on ESPN, so I just wanted to to play. And uh, but yeah, dude, baseball is back. Yeah, fantasy baseball was my first
0: baseball sport, um, first fantasy experience actually with with sports. That's right. Yeah. Did that Did that with draft, like, pie back in, like, I don't know, 6th, 7th grade or so. Mm-hmm. Back when I was uh, drafting Raul Banyes and <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking, uh, who else was going on? Albert Pujols, slamming Albert. People were drafting Ichiro, Tim Lincecum, the gang. Like Right. Throwback yeah. names. Yeah. Serious throwback yeah. names there. Robert yeah. Clemens being drafted.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Craziness, man.
0: Derek Jeters. Yeah. Always taking talk when he live in the Northeast. That's right, um, dude. Looking at the standings early, though, as a Mets fan, off to a 500-star after 10 games, can't really complain too much. I mean, when they lose, they kind of lose big. Pitching's been meh. Uh, they did get swept by the Brewers, and what that's never a good feeling getting swept. And uh, frankly, over half their games this year have been played against the Marlins. Right. <laughs> like, no, seriously, they, they started off with a series against the Marlins, went to the Bruins, and then had four more games against the Marlins. Oh, they do? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, so like I guess over half of the games, it came against the Marlins. <laughs> They're just getting those Miami games out the way. That's wild. No, uh, Florida Marlins play in... Uh, no, it is Miami Marlins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I forgot that they built them an aquatic stadium, we'll call it, in That's Miami. That's right, dude. Very That's aquatic. That's right.
1: For so many years, the Marlins played home to uh, the smallest attendance by a long shot. Yeah, despite winning any... two World Series. Right? Which is nuts. Yes. Yes, it is, dude. Yes, it is. Because
0: it was too, right? They won with Beckett. And they won it with, um, like, Herne- El Duque Hernandez and those cats, right? Because weren't, those weren't
1: the same team. Yes, 03 and 97. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. That's wild, dude. That's, That's wild. Freaking
0: Marlins. That 97 <laughs> team was probably crazy good with, like, future great players. No pull doubt, up, dude.
1: Pull up that roster real quick.
0: Of 97?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got you. I got you. We're going to hear some names, some throwback names right now. Throwbacks. Uh, the MVP that year, Livin Hernandez. Livon Hernandez. Livon, I'm so American, I'm so white. Livin Hernandez. <laughs> Livin. Livin. Wow, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I butchered his his name right there. Yikes. 1997. So they played the Cleveland Indians. Yep. Wow, okay. Yep. okay. Indians can never catch a break. They certainly could not. Seven game series though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Correct. Correct. Dude, this is kind of interesting. Okay, let's see. Um, Gotcha. So just a real quick side note here on that World Series. When the Marlins were playing their their home games, they averaged just over 67,000 fans. When they were playing at the Indian Stadium, it was just under 45,000. Well, that's
0: sold out, though. True. I
1: mean, (laughs) true. They're 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 both selling selling out their stadiums, Mm -hmm. for sure. For sure, it's just a matter of one stadium is larger, having larger capacity. That's correct. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) There's
0: still 100. We we take it. (laughs) You're right. You're right. (laughs) By
1: absolute (laughs) value, (laughs) You're, you're totally correct, man. Absolute value. Yes. All right. Let's see these these rosters here. Yeah. Pull them up. All right. For the
0: Marlins, Levon Hernandez. Oh shoot.
1: I think you passed the rosters. Maybe. You know, the Here, I'm just going to go on. Let's see. I got it. Marlins 97 yeah. roster. Boom. Baseball Almanac. All right, the first name, Josh Booty. Okay. <laughs> and, of course, I'm getting blocked out by an ad blocker. Nice. Okay, baseball... Rep- Edgar Venturia. Oh, yes. Dude, Jim Leyland was the manager. Al Leiter. Wow. wow. Okay. His son's pitching. Oh, he is? Yeah, pretty
0: good. I think I drafted out of Vanderbilt. Cool. Okay. Luis Castillo. Oh, Gary Sheffield. Bobby
1: Bonilla. These are some names, dude. Throwbacks, man.
0: Yeah, no Josh doubt. Booty. Josh Booty. Second base. Third base. Josh especially. Booty. All
1: right, Moises Alou in the outfield. Cliff Floyd. Ooh. Gary Sheffield. He must have been a rookie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think this was his first year. Let's see. No, I'm sorry, he was twenty-eight that year. So Really? Uh twenty eight. His first year was nineteen eighty-eight. Holy crap. Damn, dude, he he played in the majors for twenty two seasons. Yeah, I was I was saying, like, <sighs> I thought
0: Gary Sheffield was you know, like his prime was a ties as a tiger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are stats?
1: Like So his time as a tiger um was actually let's see. Yeah, okay. Oh, he only in played 07, two seasons as a tiger? Yeah, yeah. When he was thirty-eight and thir- thirty-nine respectively. Damn. Um he didn't have bad years then. But his his uh I mean, he was an all star. Dear God. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, time. Yeah, hundred and
0: twenty RBI in ninety six. Nine time All Star. Wow. Only seventy one though in ninety ninety seven. Right. Right. Hundred and thirty two with the Braves, hundred and twenty one with the Yankees, hundred and twenty three with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Mm Mhm.
1: Damn, yeah. 1,600 RBIs. That's wild, dude. That's wild. Couldn't get 3,000 hits. Dude, in possibly one of his best years, 1992, when he was with the Padres, he had less strikeouts than walks. Wow, dude. The man was just seeing the ball so well. That's amazing. Very cool. 40 strikeouts, 48 walks. That is an all star M V P there for you. Yeah. Forty two nice. home runs.
0: Yeah. And 96. Oh yep. Then he broke ninety six was a great forty three. Probably when he was juicing a little bit. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I actually know during like the major juicing years he was hitting less home runs. So Yeah, yeah, he was and He probably wasn't. I mean also ninety seven, an- twenty one, ninety
1: eight, yep. Six. Yep. Very true. I mean he only played
0: ninety games, he got sixteen. Well 34. 43, 36, and then, yeah, he probably juiced up a little bit more in the 2000s. That's definitely that, that three year cycle. If, oh, if I'm looking at trends here, you know, again, yeah, for sure. Only played a couple of fewer games,
1: but 39, 36, 34, and then drops off. Right. Injuries of six. Right. Dude, speaking of injuries on the flip side, um, just comparing him to Cal Ripken, I mean, obviously, Cal was in Iron Ironman for so many years in a row. But um, in 96, Gary Sheffield played 161 games. He sat out just one game. Wow. <laughs> that's an amazing season, dude. That is robust. an amazing season. Absolutely robust, dude. He got on base 46% of the time. That's a crazy on base. Beast. Percentage. Wow, dude. That isn't OPS. That's, <laughs> that's, that's on stupid base. on base
0: percentage.
1: Damn, dude. Absolutely wild. <clears throat> All right, that's so... You might know the answer to this. What does the slugging percentage actually mean? So basically
0: how many bases you get per at-bat.
1: How many bases you get per at-bat. Okay. I believe. Okay. Let's see. I think it's what your slugging is. Yes, sir. You hit it on the head, dude. Yeah. Yeah. The total number of bases a player records per at bat. Because you're slugging over a thousand, you're basically getting on base. You're averaging a base every time. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. OPS on base plus slugging. Mm-hmm. If your OPS is over a thousand, then, 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 then sorry, then you're averaging basically one one base every time. Right. Exactly. Which is fucking nuts. Yeah, that is. That wild. means your hammer doubles a lot. Mm-hmm. Your hammer doubles are <clears throat> drawing a lot of walks, basically. Right. Right. If you're you high OPS. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, like a good slugging is what if you're slugging like, like like over four hundred, like that's solid
1: slugging, right? Uh you're thinking of on on base slugging would would be like anything over six is fantastic. Six is for slugging. Yeah, you're right. yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. you're right, you're right, you're right. Because then you can combine that with with your you know, the on base, yeah. and then, then you're over on base. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Right. Because
0: what's the, the actual st- what's st- the stat for slugging? It, it should show it, show it in that formula.
1: The actual stat. Like like how they calculate it? Oh oh, yeah. Let's see. Is it bases, bases divided by total at bats? Correct. Correct. Yep. Total, total bases. Yeah. Divided by at bats. Yeah. Yeah. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I was
0: I was super into like the the, the baseball like, statistics, was, at least like looking, looking up what everything, everything was. You were like, like uh, Bill, Bill James. James. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not like it. that not. not a savant status definitely yeah, not a savant <laughs> status just in a sense that I was curious about what some of the stuff meant sure you know and how they calculated it and then you're like oh like why do they call that slugging right it's they should just say bases per, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> per at bat yeah the B P A B. yeah yeah yeah
1: bases th- per I at bat yeah the b that would make sense b yeah 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 bases per at bat I want to say there's a stat in baseball that um no okay nope like, like, I don't know, war, war, wins by replacement. replacement. Uh, oh, so batting average on balls in play, the BAPIP. The BAPIP. Oh, <laughs> BAPIP. <laughs> what's, okay, that so what's that one? What's that I, one? I actually right. First, so I'm about hearing about the BAPIP. BAPIP. This measures a player's batting average exclusively on balls hit into the field of play, removing outcomes not affected by the opposing defense, namely home runs. Okay. Huh? So, okay, in plain English... It means, um, so that stat accounts for how often a ball in plays, in in play goes for a hit. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's basically your
0: batting average minus home runs
1: is what it says. Yeah, let's see the, the formula for BAP BIP. BAP BIP. There we go. BAP BIP. Interesting. Okay, so it's hits. Minus home runs divided by at bats, minus home runs, minus strikeouts, plus sacrifice flies. Holy hell. Minus strikeouts. <laughs> that's that quite a, a formula there. So we can uh, do PEMDAS. So, uh, here. Basically, it's, it's, it's <clears throat> your,
0: your percent of groundouts you have, is kind of what you're calculating in a
1: way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What purpose does Bat Pip serve? <laughs> that's, a, that's a great question. <laughs> right? you know? That is such an obscure stat. <laughs> Oh my god. Wow. Someone
0: just I'm making stuff up. up. Alright, so like, okay, so check, check this out. out Alright, we're, we're gonna, we're, I got, I got <laughs> something for you. Alright, we're <laughs> gonna take your home runs, right? We're gonna subtract to them totally from the equation from your batting average. Okay, then we're gonna divide that again from your regular balls hit and play, minus your home runs, minus your strikeouts, plus your sack flies though. And just sack flies. Well, right. So we're we're trying, trying to measure run efficiency.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and just trying not to make your head spin. Yeah. I guess it measures if you, you can, can advance, advance runners, run. right? Right, because um, uh, this takes into account every ball in, in play that does not have an outcome, or sorry, that that will lead to an outcome by an outfielder. Correct. Right, right. What a,
0: wow. It's, it's I'm strange. trying to wrap my head around yes, why you exactly. want to calculate this. <laughs>
1: Seriously. Seriously. Right. Okay, so let's see what like the average Bapip is. Uh, what is even a. Yeah, who leads the league in Bapip? Yes. We'll watch yes. it be like Mike Trout. Not not be a It's strong. going to be someone who doesn't strike out much. Right. Okay, Bapip. Here we go. Batting average on balls in play. Number one right now is Matt Chapman uh, at just over 50%. Go to last year. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Go to last year, Jamie. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, Joe. (laughs) Single season. All right, 2022. Okay, 2022 for... Bapit. Okay, where's the stat filler? Stats. Bapit. Here we go. All right. Last year, Paul Goldschmidt was first at uh, 37%. Okay.
0: Okay. So,
1: great hitter. Yes, fantastic hitter. Who's who's, uh, two Two through five. five? Two through five. Nathan Lowe for the Rangers, number two, Zit Sander Bogarts at three, Freddie Freeman at four, and Andres Jimenez for the Indians at five. I'm sorry, okay. for the, the Guardians. The so top five, all pretty good hitters. Yes, no, no doubt, dude. Oh no, no doubt. I'm not sure who's second with, with Lowry. Dude, Pauly's walk rate, 12%, dude. He'd walk 12% of the time. Wow, that's really impressive. That's really impressive. Juan Soto was number one last year in walk rate at just over twenty percent. Oh, he had That's so many. That's a patient man. Yeah. He had a crazy batting stance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. He, he has like two different ones. He
0: has like a wide base one. He has like a narrow base one. Yep, for like oh, different situations yep. and shit. That's wild,
1: dude. All right, so going to your wins above re- replacement stat, last yeah. year only one player was in double digits. Can you guess that? Shohei though? Otani, Aaron Judge. Wow, eleven point five. Huh. That's wild, dude. So sure, sure, wins okay, above re- replacement. Um, gosh, uh, what exactly does that stat mean? It cal-
0: basically calculates if you weren't in the lineup. No, no, sorry. How many extra wins your team gets because you're in the lineup? Wow. So uh, um, accumulating for the entire season. I believe so. so yeah. Okay, okay. And then if, if they take you out, and they put you, they put you in with like someone so else with, a, ball with ball. a lower WAR, it's yeah, like a negative I stat.
1: I see. For them. Sure, okay. I, I think. think that's okay. how you calculate that. Interesting, yeah. How to, like,
0: how to calculate war now, now. Now, I'm very
1: curious, dude. The top five guys for war last year absolutely amazing Aaron Judge, Manny Machado, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and Freddie Freeman stacked lineup. Damn, okay. Here. So, war is strictly based
0: upon your, your batting, batting performance. performance. I see. Oh, no, if few think as well. So batting, batting runs plus base running runs plus fielding runs plus positional adjustment plus league adjustment plus replacement runs, divided by runs per win. Like, wow, what
1: the fuck who comes mean? up with this? I don't know, man. Formula, dude. <laughs> I'm gonna type that in. So it's t- to put it on a scale,
0: and this is just some—I don't know what source this is. Instructables, or the fuck that means. An MVP wars. Above six.
1: Okay, interesting. Interesting, above six. So he said six. he had
0: double-digit. He had a, a war of 11.
1: Wow. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, so he's like a,
0: a super-duper, ultra-human
1: superstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, I Because don't know
0: how Shoei does have a high war, because like, he pitches and he fucking...
1: Right. Yeah, I mean, you would think he would be leading the league. Yeah. Especially if, if he can... Obviously, both pitch and bat.
0: Because it's batting runs, positional adjustment, which, again, I'm not sure how, how you calculate something. It doesn't feel tangible. Right. Right. Like, like what the hell is position adjustment? Yeah, it's I, Wow. I, so I don't even know. the highest war dude. of all time. Barry Bonds of the war of
1: 162.8. So if... <laughs> Does that mean that if 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 the Giants didn't have Barry Bonds in their lineup, they wouldn't win a single game? No, I don't.
0: I don't <laughs> think my initial assessment is correct.
1: <laughs> That's wild, dude. That's absolutely wild. Okay, so the roots of today's war can be most directly traced back to Keith Woolner, who um, had this this concept in the '90s for value over replacement player or VORP. That they all these these names for the. Formulas are just fun, dude. You have Bapip, you have Vorp. Baseball is a great sport, dude.
0: Interesting. Okay, so. War measures a player's value in all facets of the game by deciphering how many more wins he's worth than a replacement-level player in his same position. Ah, so that's, that's where the comparison of wins comes into play. I got you. For example, if a shortstop and a first baseman offer the same overall production on offense, defense, and base pass, meaning base running, the shortstop will have a better war because his position sees a lower level of production from replacement-level players, meaning that there are less suddenly less superstar players at that position compared to first base. That's a perfect definition. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> interesting. War quantifies these players' value in terms of a specific number of wins, and because War factors into positional adjustment, it is well suited for comparing players who man different defensive positions. Interesting. Like
1: yeah, That is interesting. It just sounds
0: like, that. That again, part of the stat, like positional adjustment, I guess there's a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They basically have a way to categorize um, the adjustment position. Like, um, They basically have their own, what's the fucking word I'm looking for? It begins with like an R. Basically, it, it, their own R value for how it it plays in, like its own weighted value already based upon, think percentage and another shit that has, goes into it. It's got to be something like that. It it really does.
1: It really does. Interesting. Right on, yo. Right on. All right. Ready to jump from baseball to the NBA? Yeah, man. Okay. I know, I know that you brought up the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I really haven't watched much of the regular season of, of the NBA. But um, something caught my eye last night that Stephen A is, is calling a flagrant level of idiocy. <laughs> and after watching the video, I can only agree with with him wholeheartedly. So there was a fight, uh, Rudy Gobert of the Timberwolves fighting his own teammate during a timeout. Um, uh, it was it was Kyle Anderson. Um, have you seen it? No, I'm not. Okay, let's. I, oh. my fir- this is my first time hearing about it. <laughs> Oh, it was just a light shove I mean I, I shouldn't say light it was definitely a heated shove but there was not much power placed behind it but I mean I thought he punched him Um, it was it was like a slap play, play it again yeah yeah it's what only 17 second? seconds sure I thought he punched him Anderson and Rudy Gobert. let's maximize that screen Oh, yeah, okay. It is a punch. Basically, to the chest. You're, you're a little punch to the chest, yeah. Wow, that's absolutely wild, dude. Rudy Gobert making his thoughts known there. <laughs> no way, dude. No way. Yeah, I just, I just thought that that was wild. I, I really haven't wild. watched much of the NBA since... My days of working at ESPN in in Los Angeles uh, back in 2015, when I was watching them um, with with quite a bit of interest, uh, when the Cavs had that dogfight with the the Warriors, that was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, is that the year they won or no? That was the year the Cavs won. <clears throat> yep. Okay, yeah, that was a crazy yep. series. Absolutely awesome, dude. Went the full seven games, dude. But so you one
0: comeback, man?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's why it's Le, yes. Le goat. Yes. Lego goat. Yes. Jordan wasn't coming back from that shit. No. No, no dude. No. no. Um, so I haven't even watched it enough to even say who's in the standings. Who's, who's top in the standings here. Uh, so the Milwaukee Bucks did clinch the top overall seed in the East. Uh, the number one seed in the West is the Denver Nuggets. Um, I want to say their playoffs start around the same time as hockey.
0: Yeah, I think there's only like one or two games left in the regular season for them.
1: Yep, yep. Uh, so they've played... They play 82 games as well. 82. Oh, yeah. They yeah. are done then. They are
0: done? Yep. yep. Yeah. And I know that, that the Mavs are officially eliminated.
1: Yes. Yes. So, Ky- I mean, they were like, they Kyrie finished Mook the did season. Not work.
0: <laughs> like seven of. Yeah. Seven, and they weren't 7 24. They were like seven and 17 in the last 24 games They so just Yikes. completely fall out of playoffs. Yikes, dude. Like they, they were in a prime position to make the playoffs and then just completely mm-hmm. collapsed after Kyrie got there. Yeah. Collapsed. I mean, like
1: that's wild. It, it was
0: a mammoth collapse, no doubt. Mammoth after signing a so-called superstar, right? So like, <clears throat> his track record now, and not to hate on Kyrie as a person, you know, you're inclined to think whatever the hell you want to think, man. It's a free country, and I support whatever you want to believe. I don't, I don't really care, right? But from a basketball perspective, it really looks like you are just not helping teams out, uh, I acutely for sure. I mean, no. it, it goes because back. So you started off with um, the Cavaliers, and it was your squad, right? And he shined. LeBron got there, helped you guys win a championship, and then you go to Boston. Doesn't work out there. Then you go to Brooklyn. Doesn't work out there, and now you end up in uh, Dallas.
1: Doesn't work out there either. Does that say more about the player as Kyrie, or the team that that? Trades for him. I think it's more of the players Kyrie. I I I
0: mean, I think it's 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 the I mean the common denominator here, man, is Kyrie Irving <laughs> in, in, in this situation. Very true. The, the very Boston true. Celtics, look at them now. Great. hmm Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nets, look at them, them now. They're on honestly they're, they're having a great season this year without that
1: triple headed team. They are. Sorry, triple triple headed threat, triple headed team. <laughs> yeah, the Nets uh clinched the sixth seed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good for How them. How are the Cavs doing? Cavs uh, clinched the number four overall seed. There you go. Um, Cleveland
0: seems to be doing just fine.
1: That's fun, dude.
0: All three teams are in the playoffs
1: yeah he's played for.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And where's Kyrie at? Where's he at? 10th? Uh, let's see. Mavs just got eliminated uh, at 11th. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Sucks to suck, dude. What a bummer. It is a bummer, man. Wow. Wow. I like Luca and
0: I think if Luca stayed there by himself, like he would have made the playoffs again, that's for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, w- without a doubt, dude. Without a doubt. Also, it's absolutely wild. The Detroit Pistons might have been one of the worst teams in NBA history this year. They were two and fourteen in their division, eight and forty four in their conference, uh forty one games back of the Bucks. <laughs> Damn. Wow, forty one games, huh? Wow. Okay, so let's see. uh, Worst records ever in NBA season. Keep in mind, the Pistons are at 17 wins. I want to say was the Orlando Magic. Oh, the Charlotte Bobcats. Oh, okay. Seven wins in 2012. Yep. Yep. That's absolutely miserable, dude. Then who's next? Phoenix? Wow, the 76ers um, at nine wins. That was in 1973. (laughs) Wow. Sixers again in 2016 Bobcats. with 10 wins. You're right. You're right. Oh, my God. Seven dude. wins for the Bobcats. Yeah. The Brutal. Charlotte Bobcats. Uh, I think that was the year when Adam Morrison played with them, right? I don't know. In 2012? I, I couldn't tell you played for the Charlotte Bobcats <laughs> in 2012, man. Because I, <laughs> no I know idea. he was drafted by them in his very short NBA career from uh, Gonzaga. Because then the Bobcats
0: became the Pelicans?
1: Uh, Yes. Right? Yeah. And then the um, – let's see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they moved
0: to New Orleans, became the
1: Pelicans. Right, right, right. yep. Good call, good call. But the roster then for 2012 Charlotte Bobcats, um, let's see. Wow. Don't even know any of these players. Brendan Haywood, that name sounds familiar. Kemba Walker (laughs) was sadly on that team. Oh yeah, he was the first round draft pick. Wow, dude, yeah, that's right, dude. That's right. Play for the Bobcats. What a team, dude! So this was—I think this was after. Wait, wait,
0: did the Bobcats become the Pelicans?
1: No, the Bobcats became someone else then. The Charlotte Hornets. The Hornets. The Hornets. Okay. Um, uh, the New Orleans, um, Hornets became the Pelicans. Okay. Yep. Yep. Because they were the Hornets when Chris Paul was was on that team, dishing out assists every chance he got. I think he he led the league that year. Like in the mid-2000s with like 12 or 13 a game. Absolutely wild. Absolutely wild, dude. Wow. The worst team in NBA history, dude. That is amazing. That's absolutely amazing.
0: Damn, dude. Yeah, my mind just can't get wrapped around. Okay, so the Bobcats became the Hornets? Yes. I thought the Hornets were prior were pre-Bobcat. Let's see. Because the Hornets go way
1: back. History of Charlotte... NBA team mascot. I want to see the Hornets go way back. Let's see. Because I remember that logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with, you're right. With the stinger. Charlotte Hornets um, from 1988 to 2002. Um, and then from 2014 and beyond. Uh, but from 2000. 2000- okay, so they did it is changed to the Bobcats randomly. Yes. Randomly,
0: and they then the whole franchise. franchise,
1: and then they got back to the Hornets, which which they are now.
0: And they're still a team in Charlotte now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How are the Charlotte Hornets doing? Then, out of curiosity.
1: Yes. Yes. Let's see. Oops. Cannot type. Okay. Charlotte Hornets. Let's find it out. Oh man, they're bad. Hornets. Oh my God, they're 14th overall in the east out of 15 teams they got 27 wins rough damn dude rough time to be a fan of Charlotte no doubt dude no doubt yikes I can't imagine winning 9 games in an NBA season the Warriors though um, after they won their ring they had arguably one of their worst years ever I I think they got um, like uh, less than 15 wins Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yikes dude that's that's absolutely insane that is a yikes yeah 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 that is a yikes yeah um, transitioning from the pros to college. Last time we recorded a podcast was in mid-March. Yes, it was. Uh, right before the bracket took off and absolutely upset everyone's um, picks. Not, <laughs> not mine in the work, work bracket, though, you know? Very true, very true. Having UConn go to the Final Four via a coin flip, that's how you... You made your calls for every single game for that bracket. Kudos. Well I'll done. I'll say it paid off in the end. Yes. It's no a bold strategy, you Cotton. You made, uh, yeah, right, 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 And it, it definitely did. paid off. For you me. made 60 plus d- dollars? No, I made like 48. Oh, okay. Right, right. Because second and third place still made some money. Yeah, the, the payouts are really strange. It was like by percentage. I was like,
0: what? Yeah. First of all, I, I thought it was like winner take all, right? I'm like, okay, second place yeah, and get that can that their money back. But third place, like, third place shouldn't win anything, right? No, did Third place and get their money back. Second place might win win, like, you know, five bucks, but I want the majority, man. It would make sense, dude.
1: Yeah. It's so hard to pick a decent bracket. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. It it really should be like second Second money back, first first win it all. Mm -hmm. Especially Especially when there's a $5 buy in. Like, yes. Just give me 60 bucks. Yeah, dude.
1: You know? Yeah. You know, come on. Come Come on, Kyla. (laughs) I like that going into next year. Shout out. Big okay. time shout out. All right. Check your
0: ESPN records. I forget which one I made with you. I think it was the first one. Where I had Alabama winning. Um, it was way off. And and this one had 470 points. Let's
1: see. I'm going to. um. Let's see. Men's tur- Tournament Challenge. Okay. i just going to type that in.
0: It should show it if you log in. Like, as, as mine shows it on the bottom right still.
1: Oh, it does. Oops. Let's see.
0: On the home page, yeah. I just scroll down.
1: Oh, see. okay, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. It would be towards the bottom. Uh, NC2A men. Oh, I'm already on there. Scroll back up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it right there?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. You're right.
0: What was your score?
1: Um, 380. Yeah, I got I got 470. Oh, beaming by 90.
0: Yeah.
1: Hot damn, uh, dude.
0: Texas Texas helped. I guess. Oh
1: my God! You had UConn as the champion.
0: In this one? No, I had Alabama. Oh, I, oh I, I I'm UConn sorry. I'm sorry. All the- Damn. What do you know? Wow. I did. <laughs> who who would have <laughs> called that?
1: Right. Oh I got to go God. back and listen. No, like. you really do, dude. Oh, that's wild. That's absolutely wild. I I had Creighton. My my best pick of the of the tournament was. Creighton, who went all the way to the elite eight, yeah, damn, dude, that's insane! Wow, I I absolutely loved March Madness. I uh,
0: no no no, I, I did have not have them going that far. I I had UConn.
1: Oh, so in, in this bracket, I had. So I think I had UConn getting upset in the first round by Iona. I did. How stupid of a pick that was! <laughs> yeah, in the first round here. I had UConn winning this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun to look at the bracket back. After after all the games have, have been played, Yeah, especially, especially like a, a month, month later, ahead. you know? Seems like a long time ago. Even though the championship game was just last Monday. Yeah,
0: Kansas State helped me. On the third. Yeah. I got the East pretty darn close. You did? Nice. Yeah, with the nice exception work, of Purdue dude. and Memphis. Nice work. Duke, Tennessee, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State, Marquette.
1: Yeah. I was a dummy and picked Marquette to to go to the championship and, and they they didn't even make it to the sweet sixteen.
0: In the South, I had Bama, Maryland, San Diego State, Creighton, Baylor, Missouri.
1: Nice. Okay, okay. Oh, well, right on, dude. Wow. Fun to see that bracket. So that brings me to my my next point. Um what was the bet that we made on the bracket? Was it ten dollars or five dollars? Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Yeah. Cold cold hard cash, homie. Cold hard cash. <laughs> All right. All right. On Tuesday, uh, when we get back to work, it'll be on your desk. You and I, give me that some. is a promise because last time I was very, very late. <laughs> it was
0: a you know, it was a bit delayed, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. say, but It was.
1: I know you work, man, yeah. Yes, very true. Right I'm next you. to you actually. Yep. We share a cubicle, or can you call it that? Yeah, it's a space. Yeah, a space, a space. We, we, we share a cold space. Fair, base. Enough. Fair it's a, enough. It's a very cold space at times. Right, right. Yeah, I do. I will
0: say, though, however, um, staying on the on the March Madness topic, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, the women's championship game was actually yeah. a bit more exciting. I know it was mm-hmm. more lopsided. Well, I guess both games were pretty lopsided, but yeah, UConn dominated the whole time. Um, the, the first, first half, at least, was pretty, pretty back and forth, and it was pretty, pretty, pretty incredible, incredible seeing that, that one chick that kind of – Looked like ice spice a little bit. Um, oh yeah! I forget her name. She, she, she was, was like seven, seven for seven though, though mm-hmm. from behind the, from behind the arc, and like just throwing up some some bullshit as uh, um, the halftime buzzer went off and just banked it in to, to close yeah. out the half. That was crazy. Yeah, that was. And Kaylin Clark can definitely ball, and like she'll she'll be back next
1: year. Mm-hmm. So was that the um, Angela Lee or? Uh, oh, the the player from LSU. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. Angela Uh, Lee I want to say or like Lee that name sounds sounds about right let's see Angel Angel Lee Angel Reese Angel Reese Angel Reese yes sir yeah
0: she'll she'll be be back back at LSU again
1: again. yeah 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 oh cool dude right on dude right on yeah good to watch college hoops as it always is dude it's fun it's fun so did you watch the the fights fights? so uh, I did not I watched highlights okay um, okay but so so walk walk me through it. Yeah. So um, this was the uh, last night. Us two
0: eighty seven is a re- rematch for uh, Adesanya and Pereira. I always fuck up his last name, so excuse me. <laughs> um, I call him Perrier sometimes, like the sparkling water. But anyway, so <laughs> Pereira uh, has had Adesanya's number fighting. Um, won kickboxing against them when they were much younger. I think they were sixteen that happened. Um, and then he beat him the first time in the UFC uh, in, in the fifth round by a late late knockout. Um, the Adesanya basically won those those four, four rounds of the fight, too. So all he had to do was basically finish it, and he probably would have sustained the belt. So Pereira uh, claimed the championship belt back I think it was UFC 284, I want to say. Um, so yeah, he had some time to think about it. Uh, the tra- trained back up and then had a, had a late second-round knockout. Um, just landing an incredible, uh, I'm pretty sure it was a left hook that essentially just knocked Pereira out, like, right. cold. Right. Not, not knocked him out clean. It was a huge, yeah, huge, huge shot. shot. Yes. Um, and Adesanya, you know, I think he's 28 and 3 there, 24 and 2. 24 and 2. Big, yeah, big record. He's I mean, he's up, up there now with the all time greats. I mean, he, he lost his belt, true, but mm-hmm. guess what? He won it right back in the next fight. Um, He's beaten every fighter, top five, middleweight in that division now. So he's the king on top of the throne, you know. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see who, who gets the next title shot, uh, against Adesanya. So, um, yeah, d- dominant, dominant. Uh, second storyline, though, is Jorge Masvidal after um, a loss to Gilbert Burns is retiring. Uh, Masvidal hasn't won since 2019. He's over four in his last four fights. Um, frankly, I was talking over w- with, um, okay. starter Winokur actually at work and I was saying how Mazadal might retire after this fight. Um, and, uh, I'm gonna, gonna bring it up to him when I see him on Tuesday. Um, cause he was convinced otherwise that he wasn't going to retire for this fight winner or lose, but you know, good, good career for Mazdal. Sorry. Started, started The, the BMF belt, the bad motherfucker belt, um, ultimately ended up losing it in the end. uh, really talented fighter over the court, like late end of his career which really helped him, helped him blossom into more of a household name like he he wasn't the biggest fighter throughout throughout his entire time in the UFC but had some really exciting knockouts um yeah goodbye to Jorge Masvidal 38 years old hell of a career 38 yeah he he the guy he fought Gilbert time. Burns 36 so like it was okay two s- seasoned veterans sure it's basically you know who who's going to get the uh a title chance against Leon Edwards at this point. So oh, it, right. it's likely going to be Colby Covington, even though um, I think Gilbert Burns does deserve a chance. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and and uh, Leon was part of UFC 286? Yeah. Right? He, yeah, he yeah. was the, yeah. the main card. He, car he defended
0: his title. Right. Against uh, Usman.
1: That That's right. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Edwards-Usman. Their third match, a right? Atres. Uh A tres. Uh-huh. Si. Yes, si. Yes. Si.
0: No, That was a really good fight. So, um, yeah, it, 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 interesting to see... Um, who, who the next contender is? I mean, for sure, we'll see what happens when the rankings come out l- later on. mm Hmm. mm Hmm. Yeah, dude. Really, really excellent fights, though. Like it's been fun. I love it. It's been fun. Yeah, dude. Yeah. The basically the next big one that I mean I'm looking forward to. I mean, let's let's look up the lineups here for the next UFC. I mean, the one I was referencing is, is just going to be from the Ultimate fighter when McGregor fights Chandler.
1: Um, well isn't that the summer or is it in the fall
0: uh, I I don't know it, did they set a date like let's find out what the next schedules are so we got uh, okay Amash Sterling versus Hudo that was actually in New Jersey so that's gonna be for the lightweight division uh, and then Nunez versus Pena three in June 10th yeah and then they haven't really set the other UFC's yet I see I guess, so no, sorry, Holloway Allen. Oh, oh that's going to be a
1: fight night? What?
0: That's this Friday. Bro. Max Holloway <laughs> on a free fight. That, that's, that's always a good, good matchup, bit. man. Yeah. And that that's should be a good one, one to, which, you, which you should watch. Holloway's okay, a legend. Like, Just can, can just can take an absolute beating. beating. And uh, he, he did, did take a beating against Volkanovski in his last fight. fight. So, so, yeah, going, going up against, against, against Arnold Allen, up-and-comer. Let's check out the, the featherweight, featherweight division, division rankings here. Dude, Max
1: is 5'11", 144. Yeah, he's what? light. Oh, my
0: he's God, light. dude. Divisional. That's
1: insane. Rankings.
0: Let's go to featherweight. Okay, so Volkanovsky, yep, pound for pound, still the best. Yeah, here by Rodriguez, that should be a good fight between those two. Uh, Holloway's still third, interesting, because Holloway lost to Volkanovsky. Okay. And that's why I just want to see where Arnold Allen Arnold Allen's eight. Okay, yeah, so up and cover 19 and one. Oh. Let's check out his career. He's 29. Trying to make a name for himself. Mm-hmm. So he's beat okay, beat Daniel Hooker. We
1: should actually watch that fight. I'm down, dude. That sounds fun.
0: Okay. So yeah. That should be a really fun fight. Then, yeah, that, that'll be free on ESPN Plus if you have it.
1: Oh, I do so, not.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, well, you know, if you want to come over on Friday or sure. you know, we, we can scope it out. Yeah, yeah, we can Scope yeah. it out. But, um, all right, let's progress into these monologues here. I don't mind. It's going to be about the NHL playoffs. Of course, as it should be, dude. I would expect nothing less. I know, seriously. It's like there's a Devil's Update every freaking week. I, mean, <laughs> I should just call a segment, like, Hardest Devil's Update. You know? That's... <laughs> For the most idea. part, that's what it turns into. I think 90% of these shows are, you know, sometimes they're going to rant about other things. But, yeah, mm-hmm. for the most part, it's just hard as devil to update. Dude, but, you're yeah. a
1: true fan through and through. I respect that. Yeah,
0: man. I appreciate it. Hell, yeah. It. So since the trade deadline, Devils you know, have been 10-7-4 since the trade deadline, which isn't the worst record. Still staying above 500. and All they had to do was sustain any kind of momentum going to the playoffs. And that's basically what they're doing. Um I don't care what seed they come in, if they play the Rangers or a wild card team. Frankly, I'd like to see them play the Rangers. We've talked about this already. They've kind of had their number this regular season. Um, they won three out of the four matchups this year with the one loss coming in overtime against the Rangers, 4-3 in the Garden. Uh, I just like the odds, man. I think the Devils are just a faster, younger version of the New York Rangers. Um, the main difference standing out is Igor Shostakovich who's the Rangers goalie. I mean, if he goes off and just stands on his head, which is entirely possible, then they might knock the devils out early, but I don't think anyone on with the exception of maybe like Mike Sabanajad. I know they picked up Patrick Kane, but you know, Sabanajad. Yeah. Good talent, young talent, superstar, uh, Patrick Kane, a little older, a playoff veteran for sure. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take the young, speedy, edgy, grindy team and the devils in that series. Um, if they do meet up in the first round, I want to say Devils taken in five, and uh, I, I only, I'm I'm going to say that just because they can score and they can score at will, and they've been known to even if they go down, um, they've led the league this year in comeback wins. Um, in fact, in games where the other team scores first, they've come back and won that game over 60 percent of that time, which is a ridiculous stat. Um, set a historic pace this year as far as points turned around, a 47 point difference this year which matches the Pittsburgh Penguins if they can win one more game then, then they'll set the all-time record for um greatest point differential from season to season. I mean I thought they're going to get high 90s, never did I think they're going to break 100 this year. I mean, I thought 100 would be great <laughs> looking back on when we first started talking about the Devils back in October. I mean, it's been a hell of a, a hell of a regular season. I'm excited for the playoffs. Obviously we're watching a lot of the, all every game. April 19th. It's going to be fun time.
1: Excellent, dude. It is always fun to hear you talk about the devs. You know, get that that weekly update, and it's it's making me more of a hockey fan. So I'm certainly interested here when the Kraken enter the playoffs. It'll be fun, dude. All right, the monologue here has to be on none other than Matthew Vanderpool. Uh, in the world of professional cycling, this man is possibly one of the greatest spring classics riders. Uh, of his generation. There's there's no doubt about that. Um he won Perry Roubaix today, which is a great cobbled classic, um, meaning that about 13 sections of the road race are actually on cobblestone streets, um, where crashes happen more often than not. It is a, a wild time, uh been dubbed hell of the north. Because uh, the weather and the cobbles, they combine for just the ultimate clash of these gladiators on their bikes. It's a wonderful race to watch from a spectator's perspective. Um, so just a massive shout out to this man who entered, uh, I, th- I believe, like the last five kilometers on on his, his own because his closest opponent flatted. <laughs> so he was out of the race. Um, still, I believe, finished third overall, but um mvdp as he is known um was was able to enter the velodrome at the end of the race all by himself in a very classical winning moment there um so we are living in the greatest generation of professional cyclists and it's just fun to see um mvdp kind of sit on the throne there um he's an absolute magician just a fantastic all-around rider so powerful strong um it just makes me excited for what's to come and to see him uh, and what he can do um, with possibly uh, try, trying to win a few stages of the Tour de France this year. So it'll be fun to see what's in, in store for for the big man going forward. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man. Just keep on training. Next one could be you.
1: <laughs> you can make it on
0: the Pro Tour, you know? I like it, dude. I've mean, got the work I, ethic, I, I too. love the optimism. Thanks, dude. And. Cardiovascularly, you know, people don't hit their peak till much later in life sometimes. Very true. I mean, how, I guess cycling, is it different where people hit their cycling peak different than like a running peak, So their,
1: their cycling peak would probably actually be like <clears throat> in the mid-30s, you know, when they <clears throat> hit that peak before a decline is tangible. Yeah, that,
0: that, that that's what I would think, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. in your stride
1: right now, man. Yeah, dude. Just dedicate the
0: next five years, train hard <laughs> as fuck. I mean, you can... You got the balls to go downhill, mountains and shit like that. I mean, climbing out here is probably a pretty damn good place to train. Right? It's
1: it's a great place to train because you no got all
0: sorts of altitude changes, steep, yeah, altitude changes too out here. Yes, where you're going like zero to two thousand and like less than two miles, like
1: right, right, cranking up those slopes, man. dude. Um, the longest climb I've I've ever done on a road bike was down in Bend, Oregon. Mm-hmm. It was just west of of Bend in a town called um, Sisters. It was a 24-mile climb that had just over 4,000 feet of elevation gain. Holy shit. <laughs> I was so dead. Like, like it was in the heat of summer last year. I want to say it was like in uh, early July. It was like a
0: 10% grade for like most of the trip then or something? Um, like I
1: think average grading was like six. Okay. That's I mean, it was steep. It yeah, was that's, steep. That's still deep. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, I will never forget, once I reached the top of the climb, there was a guy just standing right by his truck just taken in all the sites and he had a water bottle he's like here take this it was like a sealed dasani bottle i'm like oh my god thank he you he just gave it to you. yeah he just gave wow. it to me it was amazing dude i did
0: it look like you were dying did you, did you not have one more water with you or something like oh that? i had
1: plenty of water but i'm like oh. dude i will definitely take a very chilled bottle thank you that's that's amazing yeah, yeah that's, that's pretty cool it was it was an exceptional time dude and then really you just cruise really on down right yep cruise Whee! on down yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it was it, it was a great ride dude bend is full of fantastic riding it's it's a wonderful place dude yeah sounds great yeah that sounds great yeah for sure for sure alright
0: well I'm about to show Sam's fight it's it's a pretty quick one. Oh yeah um, but we're gonna sign off just so you don't violate any copyright infringements um, <laughs> thank you for listening as always uh, we'll post this one up I'll make sure I do it on time this time there you go my bad uh, yeah stay tuned we'll, we'll try to get you a little more frequent maybe like every other week right now going into it so, I like it thanks for giving us a listen man as always no theme required have a good night
1: see ya